get the hummus ready because this is toast. Welcome back to yet another episode of Toast. I'm so happy that you guys are here because today I'm talking about myself. Oh, wait, I do that every single podcast. Okay, well, I'm talking about the country of Jordan. So finally, I got to make the joke. I'm going to myself. I'm inside myself. What I actually got to say a lot in Arabic is ismi baladak, which is my name is your country. It was my favorite thing to say in all countries and in all travels of my life because it was just such a funny thing. Because first of all, they don't actually say Jordan. They say Urdun. So then they're like, what? Your name is or Ismak Urdun? So I'm like, no, my name is not actually Urdun. Or my name is Jordan. But it's still a fun line. I got to finally do it. I tried to make less jokes. Um, I was anticipating making a lot of jokes. I'm going to myself. I'm going inside myself. Blah, blah, blah. Jordan is just an amazing country. It's an amazing place. I would love to go back. Um, a lot of things to talk about in Jordan. And I'm going to do it in two stories as my kind of habitual nature with toast. And I'm going to do it kind of like a linear journey through Jordan. So um, one of the first things to know, aside from the fact that it's named Jordan, is that Jordan is kind of an expensive Middle Eastern country. Um, all countries in that area are quite cheap, aside from like Israel, and, and Jordan's not so expensive, but they have this currency called the dinar, which is actually higher than a euro. It's about as much as a one British pound sterling. So it's kind of weird when you see something, you know, like they're like one of this thing. Like, how much does this cost? Like one or like two. And so you're like, oh, well, that doesn't sound like so much. But then it kind of is, um, especially kind of relative to other countries in the area. Like Lebanon was going through like a financial crisis. So you, what you could buy for one dollar or three dollars in Lebanon, you know, you're not getting anything in Jordan for that. So it is kind of a different experience. And you know, I was doing very touristy things. I would consider it like the tourist trail of Jordan. I didn't really go off the beaten path. I went to the places that you're supposed to go to and maybe one extra. And that's we're going to get to that one in the next episode. So without further ado, let's jump right into it. I got to Jordan um, by ferry from a place called Nueva, very close to Dahab, which I was talking about last um, episode. Dahab, of course, I loved. I didn't really talk about it so much. Actually, I did. But um, I really ha I was so happy that I was able to, you know, couch surf uh, or host couch surfers and, and really give them that ability. So I was thinking in Jordan, I might do some couch surfing because, you know, I gave so much. I gave like three months worth of couch surfing. I always had my spare bedroom full. And so I was like, maybe I'll be able to couch surf. Finally, I didn't. Um, what happens is, you know, you get off this boat and they rejected my fake PCR test, by the way. So I had to stay in Nueva. Oh, so horrible by the beach. An extra day in Egypt. Enough about Egypt. They rejected my fake PCR test. I stayed an extra day in Nueva. I did a real PCR test. They make you do another PCR test on the boat. So yes, traveling with COVID was really tedious, annoying, and kind of expensive because you need to pay for all of these tests. They're not free. Um, so essentially, you know, I get off the boat in Aqaba, I take a taxi directly to Wadi Rum, and already I'm like above kind of like my daily budget because of that taxi. And then in Wadi Rum, so for those of you who don't know what Wadi Rum is, picture some like Star Wars movie or Dune. If you've seen the new Dune movie, those things are filmed in Jordan. Not all of them, but, you know, Dune, a lot of scenes are shot in Jordan. Wadi Rum is this amazing like, I mean, the ground is all sand, but it's 
basically kind of like rocky, cliffy, multicolored mountains, desert colors, you know, like red, but like also lots of like oranges and whites. And there's really like layers and things like that. Like, I, I wish I could, I wish I could really describe it because Wadi Rum is absolutely spectacular. Absolutely spectacular. So I, I, you know, I get there and I'm following like this kind of recommendation. I got a really good price because a friend of mine had been um, like a month earlier, a friend who was in Dahab, a hiker, et cetera. And so she got me a really good deal because I went through her contact. And this is really where you start noticing, or I started noticing tourism died in COVID. In Dahab, you didn't feel it. There were so many expats, but they were living there. There weren't so many backpackers or tourists. And, and Wadi Rum is like the type of place that really survives off of tourism because you know it's quite it's quite expensive you're paying for these private rooms they're very fancy some of them are domes and you have like the most beautiful night sky so what happens is i get to wadi rum i get to you know you you, you need to take this four by four like that can drive in on these desert roads um to bring you to your hotel and i had like kind of like a safari set up the next day but that night i'm alone in the hotel and i'm like kind of eating they're giving me like free food they had just cooked like a lamb and i know i said that i was vegetarian and now i'm talking about eating meat again but like they you know this lamb they killed themselves and they cooked it inside the same thing that i was talking about in the siwa episode if you uh, watched it they cook it inside the earth so i was like okay like I, I took a bite you know um so fuck my digestive system um and essentially um you know, I'm kind of just like chilling. I'm speaking a little bit of Arabic and immediately I recognize the fact and I recognize this in a taxi. I don't understand Jordanian Arabic. And this was a huge shock. This was a huge pain to myself as somebody who spent maybe eight months prior to my trip to Egypt and four months in Egypt speaking and practicing and taking lessons paying for you know this ability to speak this language and i knew egyptian arabic was the one that everyone understood every this is like kind of the best one to learn in theory it's better than modern standard arabic which is the one that's written but nobody speaks it because it's not a spoken language it's kind of like latin for example um so i get to jordan and i'm trying to speak to this cab driver something that i could do quite you know, comfortably, not without, you know, difficulties, but still comfortably in Egypt. And I couldn't do any of this in Jordan. He could understand me, but I could not understand him. And it completely leveled me. It shot me down. It made me really demoralized in the world and the, the, the suffering, the, the positive suffering that I, uh, that I called the learning process of a language, because really I couldn't, reap the rewards. It was like a one-way street, one-way conversation that I was having. And it was, it was really painful. Anyways, I get to Wadi Ram, I'm speaking to these people. And next thing I know that, you know, there's nobody there. There's literally just the people who work there and, and their friends. And, and, and I felt quite lonely. And I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting. Tomorrow I'm going to be alone in this, you know, car driving through one of the most beautiful desert landscapes of the world, literally film locations for some of my favorite movies and doing this very good book as well as just like, ah, like I, I want to enjoy it with somebody. And then, you know, this, this couple walks in and, and it's a gay couple, it's these two guys and very cool people. And we start chilling and then we're like, Hey, let's go climb 
these this cliff a little bit and so we put like uh, i think i had my headlamp or uh, we used our phones and it, it was just such a nice experience in the middle of the night we go up there and then i say hey guys my phone can take pictures of stars i just need to be able to like lock it down in one place and then it kind of has this stellar mode where it takes like a four minute exposure and it's it actually takes really good pictures better than we can actually see um which is always what you want you know when you're looking at these like pictures of stars by the way that professional photographers are taking guess what that's not what they're seeing um the camera picks up more than than you can see but still it was one of the nicest skies i've ever seen it was a clear day there was no moon it was just spectacular so we took stellar photos together yeah pun and it, it was really nice experience you know these these two guys ended up becoming um my friends but ends up that they were on a different tour um so they went into the desert the next day at the same time as me we had breakfast together but we had to go our separate ways and when i got back actually they, they didn't bring me back to the hotel they just brought me back to the, like the town of wadi rum or i'm not sure if it's actually called the town of wadi rum it might have a name um pardon for not knowing it and essentially i was like okay well i'm going to continue moving you know like i was planning to do this country relatively fast i wasn't going to do a second tour of the desert and so as much as i really felt like it was a little bit rushed because you know i get there at night do the whole thing out during the day i'm mind blown of how beautiful it is and i'm climbing things i'm taking pictures and i'm really enjoying everything um and yet i i, I had to go and so i kind of decide screw it i like hitchhiking um, anybody who knows me knows that I've been hitchhiking. Uh, anybody who's listening to these podcasts knows that I love hitchhiking. So I decided I'm going to go hitchhike. So I get to the town. And next thing I know, actually, the people who are p passing by right after he drops me off are the people who were friends of the owner of the hotel. And so they pick me up right away. As I get out of the car, I didn't even have a Jordanian SIM card. I didn't know where I was. I had the map downloaded, but I wasn't exactly sure of whatever. They pick me up. And so I was like, okay, this is cool. Uh, where are you guys going? And then they're like, oh, we're going to be going back to Amman. So I was like, okay, well, that's the capital, by the way. And I said, well, I'm going in that direction. I'm trying to get to Petra. I'm trying to get to um, Wadi. I forget what it's called, but there's, there's another name for um, Petra, which is uh, an, another one. Um, and so I'm trying to get there. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, we could drive you to, you know, where the highways kind of split up. And what ends up happening is these guys have like a, one of these guys has a friend and it's a really nice car you know i get into this like tesla and everything it was really cool and they have a friend who just opened a paintball place and so they literally have like like military vehicles and walls and things set up and like target practice and all of these like dummies with like military uniforms and all this stuff and it was really cool they just you know give me paintballs and give me this and they're like you could do what you want so i'm like shooting around and painting the whole fucking place and i was having the time of my life and i was like you know again i was talking about this uh last episode like just go with the flow you know you can't plan this because you would never be able to go to this place it wasn't even open you needed to be that person that just says yes when the opportunity arises and there i was just to say yes i didn't need to do anything i just had to go there and shoot the paintballs and so we drink tea as as you do and then it was you know again i don't understand any of the jordanian arabic i'm feeling completely shut out of the conversation and so we're kind of like um hitting the road and i was like hey guys is it okay if like you bring me to akaba i think my, my friends are in akaba right now those two guys that i was talking about that i met in wadi rum 
they were supposed to go to Aqaba. And so we go to Aqaba and I get them to hotspot me and I send a message. And sure enough, I get into the car um, with them. And, and so I was like, okay, this is, this is awesome. You know, um, your name is Hannah and Sammy. And so I end up like meeting up and we're driving and I'm like, hey guys, can you drive me to uh, Petra? And they're like, yeah, sure. It's, it's like on the way. It's a little bit like out of the way because you need to take a different highway or whatever, but it's pretty much on the way. And so we're driving and we're having the jams, we're chilling, everything is awesome, we're having a real connection. And I was like, this is the best day of hitchhiking ever. Actually, I didn't need, even need the hitchhike. The only hitchhiking I've done is with people I already knew. And so, you know, I, even when I got to Aqaba, we had like a lunch that they were already sitting down. We have a beer, we eat some food, um, and, and then we go. And like one of the coolest things about um, this was as we're on the road, um, you know, at some point, um, Hannah gets a little bit tired and I was like, well, if you want, you know, I could drive. And this is a first in my life. You're kind of like, you know, you're hitchhiking and the person gives you the car. And so I was like, this is awesome. And at this point we're on like the side highway. So it's not even just like a f straight, like desert road. We're kind of getting into the hills. And so you're kind of going up these valleys, looking down into these, these valleys, which, you know, kind of like, uh, if you've seen pictures of Petra, it's kind of like a crevice, you know, it's kind of like a canyon. And the idea is, you know, that whole area is like that. It's not just Petra. Petra is the, the city, the ancient city that was built inside one of these. And is more of like an opening area, but still uh, everywhere around it is all of these little kind of crevices. And so we're kind of going up and the desert starts changing. You know, you start getting a little bit of these bushes and things like this. And I'm having a great old time. I feel like I'm in like Italy because of these like hills up, down, left and whatever. It was just really smooth driving. And I felt so at home and so grateful that they let me drive. And, you know, finally we get to, to Petra at some point, we get, get a big hug. I mean, Hannah even gives me a speaker, which I then, you know, later on in my travels, like I, I love paying it forward. You know, if I can give something to somebody who needs it, I'm so happy to do it. I do that with tents every year. I get a new tent every year. I give that tent to somebody at the end of my trip because I want to help travelers travel. Or I want to help tourists travel, push their comfort zones. You know this, you've heard it. You've been listening to me. You're listening to me now. So Hannah gives me this, you know, speaker. They give me all kinds of like nuts, like cashews and almonds and everything. And I was like, man, I love these guys so much. I can't wait to meet them in Amman, which, you know, sure enough, I, I did end up doing once we, uh, once I got there. Um, so let's talk about Petra. I mean, you know, I get to Petra and I'm expecting this to be like, all right, Wadi Rum was maybe dead, but because you're also kind of really spread out, right? You're talking about like this huge, it's a desert, right? And this huge area. So like everyone, you could have like a few people in each hotel, but you wouldn't see each other because it's it's spread out. You see the lights very far away, like at the edge of the other cliff. And so, you know, as much as you get to see a few of them as you drive by during the day, especially like the super fancy, super expensive ones, um, there was nobody there. And so I was expecting, okay, well, there's only one hostel um, in Petra. And so I was like, hey, like this is going to be packed. And I get there and I'm the only guest in the hostel. Fuck, right? I can't. I'm going to do Petra alone. I'm going to do this whole thing alone. But I'm like, it's okay. You know, it opens at six o'clock. I'll get up nice and early and, and I'll be able to to go to Petra, you know, at six in the morning and, and just really enjoy my day there and go at my pace because I know it's a huge city and I'm going to do it in one day. That's my plan. 
And so, you know, in, in the hostel, like there was the, the owner of the hostel, young guy. We drink a, a couple beers, I think. Oh, no, no, there was no beer. It's true. We smoked some weed. We smoked some weed. We chill. We talk. He's talking about how, you know, it used to be the most packed hostel. Now it's empty. And, you know, this is a good sign for somebody who wants to go to a very touristy place like Petra, because, I mean, you need to think when you go to Petra or when you see pictures of Petra, I'm sure you've seen pictures of Petra or the treasury of Petra, at least. There's usually people in there, right? Or, I mean, if you have the camel, maybe you can like edit. So you can use the camel to block some people. And I got the picture with the camel. But there's a lot of people that go to Petra. You know, there's something like thousands and thousands that go per day. And even with the dead tourism, there are still, I think, like thousands of people who go, but just a lot less. And so you get to Petra and there's nobody there. I have the treasury to myself. There's like me and this Algerian French girl. And so we're kind of just talking, chilling, and we're like, oh, maybe we're going to walk with each other a little bit. And I'm like, yeah, you know, we went up to like one viewpoint together, different viewpoint, kind of famous picture that a lot of people take. And then I said, guys, um, we ended up meeting this other guy. I need to run because I really want to see as much of the city as possible. And I'm going to go fast because I don't have my ba full backpack. I just have the day bag. It's full of water and nuts. <laughs> and so I was like, let's go. Let's do this. And I start running through every trail. I have the map of Petra on maps.me. By the way, if you don't use maps.me and you're traveling, please use maps.me. It's the best map app. It has trails and everything. Um, and you download it. It's offline. It's good. So I start running around Petra, enjoying the tomb of the soldier. I really found um, the treasury was completely overrated. I think leaving, you know, getting to the treasury, I forget what it was called. I think it was called the Sikh or something like that. Uh, it was a hard letter to pronounce, the Sikh, something like that, um, which is like this canyon entrance to Petra, which opens up to the treasury that's like where the treasury is it's the first thing you see as you enter you know the old city of petra but that whole area like you could tell that it was carved by water and this is like the ultimate foreplay for my favorite place in jordan which is going to be next episode so stay tuned it was absolutely incredible it was so beautiful I, I just wanted to stay there and i was just so grateful because i was like well when i leave i need to walk through it again so i took some pictures i you know did it quick because I, at six in the morning i wanted to see as many places as i could with as few people as possible but what ends up happening is you know it hits like 39 degrees i did the great thing which is go to pet go to the desert in june right don't do that don't do that guys don't don't do that trust me um, it's, it's about as bad as jumping into a salt pool in Siwa or something. Um, so what ends up happening is I'm walking around in 39 degrees. I'm sweating my entire life away. I'm buying water as overpriced as they sell it. Um, and you know, I'm walking and I'm seeing all the sites and really like the, the rock formations that they have that they're carving, you know, these like chapels and these tombs and, and there's a Byzantine church and there's an old castle. And then there's, um, you know, like a monastery. All of these things are all kind of spread out on like different hikes you know they're like oh it's gonna take you an hour from here to get there and obviously um I'm, I'm a fast hiker so i do it in like half an hour but i'm still sweating my life away and i'm chugging water and i'm, I'm just trying to slow down and enjoy the moment of when i'm there um because often 
you know, the walks, you're going to do them twice so you can get to kind of enjoy it um, halfway kind of both both ways. And so you don't need to stop and, and fully, you know, slow down and, and do it as, as I might if I was going like a through trail um, for like a longer hike or something. Um, so Petra was just like absolutely stunning. I mean, you don't even realize how big it is because everyone just posts pictures of the treasury. Um, and I'm guilty of that too. You know, I had um, my Bedouin um, shawl on to kind of keep my head uh, cooler. And, you know, I was, you know, looking at my pictures and that obviously that was just like the nicest picture. And partially because in the other places that I believe to be nicer, it's just harder for, you know, a camera to really capture the essence of of what it looks like of the like the color diversity and all of these things um that you're seeing that like this doesn't know how to like do the same contrast or you don't have the perfect lighting and things like that so um yeah i would say like the really the rock formations and looking at kind of like these older temples and things like that 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 are kind of less shown intrigued me a lot more than just staring at the treasury not to say that the treasury is bad but that's kind of for Petra. Um, what I really wanted to say that I really liked about Petra is that it seemed like a lot of people were respecting it. And, you know, in a lot of places when you travel, and this is kind of what I want you to take from this, um, you realize that the culture is very different and, and tourists tend to be quite big wasters and users. And you see this a lot in, in, in places like Petra that are super touristy or Wadi Rum in, in a real season, not a COVID, you know, 2021 season. But people don't know how to kind of respect their environment. Not everybody. A lot of people do. Um, but some people ruin it for the many, right? The few always ruin it for the many. This is the rule in life. So just try to be mindful of what you're doing, what the culture is. If there's no alcohol, don't search for the alcohol. Maybe see what the alternative is or see what happens if you don't drink alcohol. Um, it, it, when For me, it was, it was really like the, the use of like, waste like what are you doing what are you throwing out are you using more plastic so you know in a sense you need to be the responsible one because other people aren't going to be um there to care or there to tell you and something that I, I noticed in Jordan is that Jordanians were so diligent with this relative to a lot of other countries that I've been to and it really um shocked me a little bit and it, it really gave me some faith in the fact that like well if we all you know put that mentality then we could do it um so that's it for for today um i'm going to continue from petra i'm going to go to uh, my next story to a place called wadi mujib and this is my favorite place in all of jordan and it was absolutely mind-blowing um so stay tuned if you want to hear about that the dead sea and a little bit of amman um so I'm going to talk about that next episode. I thank you so much for listening. I hope that you have some value in listening, watching, whatever the media uh, form that you're using and listening to me is. Um, I appreciate it. I really love making these, even if there's only like one person watching. So if you're that one person, thank you. Toast out. <laughs>